Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Monday, November 14th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. That includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Christina Lulich. And I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. Here are today's headlines. New York City may be considered one of the dirtiest cities in the world, but that's changing today. Mayor Eric Adams says the Get Stuff Clean initiative will invest over $14 million to clean up the city. The money will be put towards adding trash cans and employing more rat exterminators and sanitation workers. They'll also be adding more cameras across the city to catch illegal dumpers. And if they're caught, people could be fined up to $4,000. Also, so-called no-man's lands will receive special attention. These parts of the city have been neglected by other city agencies that used to control them. The initiative will also add more staff to the Department of Environmental Protection. They'll inspect and clean sewer grates. This is supposed to keep them unclogged and reduce flooding. Electric bikes and scooters are all over the city, but people are concerned about the fire risks their batteries cause. The New York City Council held a hearing today over these lithium-ion batteries. The committee discussed various proposals. Some would require public education campaigns and safety reports. Others would ban the sale of used batteries and batteries that don't have safety certifications. There are also proposals that would increase the oversight of e-bikes and scooters and require the FDNY to publish more information about battery-caused fires. The hearings in response to roughly 200 blazes and fire deaths that took place this year. They were tied to problems with lithium-ion batteries in these e-bikes and scooters. The Brooklyn Public Library is celebrating its 125th birthday this year. Over the weeks, the library has been counting down their list of 125 most borrowed books of all time. Today, they revealed the top five. I spoke with the Brooklyn Public Library's spokesperson, Fitzy Bodenheimer, about some of the books that were most popular over the decades. So what is this top five list of most borrowed books you have at the Brooklyn Public Library? Yeah, so um, we have lots of great uh, books, starting with number one, which is Where the Wild Things Are, a favorite of many generations by Maurice Sendak. And number two is The Snowy Day by Ezra Jack Keats. Number three is Cat in the Hat. Number four is A Christmas Carol. And number five is Are You My Mother? How do you think Where the Wild Things Are landed that top one spot? You know, I think it's a book that really speaks to lots of generations. Um, So both parents and children can enjoy it. And, you know, it's a book about imagination. And that's something that is really timeless. And were there any surprises to the list? Um, You know, I think one thing that's been interesting to us about the list is that it's really such a wide range. I mean, there are a number of children's books, but then there are also books that are um, more geared towards adults. There are books that are more recent and books that are much older. So it's really um, quite a wide range. Right. And out of the most recent books, uh, what was more popular? You know, uh, one of the ones on here is Diary of a Wimpy Kid, which is much more recent or sort of um, some of the Judy Bloom favorites that are on here. You know, they're not yesterday. Um, they're a couple of decades back, but they're not ancient history either. So it really does 
go to show that these really are the favorites of many generations. Only a few books on the list that I saw are banned in some parts of the country. Can you tell me about that? The library's been working really hard to combat censorship with our Books Unbanned program. And um, in spite of all the great, wonderful things about the list, this is still something that we have to be concerned about. Do you think those were surprising to see on the list? Surprising and not surprising. I mean, some of the books that are currently being banned across the country are, you know, some of the most beloved books like Toni Morrison, certainly a classic, The Bluest Eye. So um, surprising and not surprising all at once. How did you guys figure out which books were most borrowed of all time in that 125-year span? Yeah, it's a little bit complicated um, of a formula, but we looked at, of course, as far back as we had computer records, then we have some annual reports, we looked at bestseller lists, and sort of came up with a, a formula that we felt pretty strongly about. If you're interested in knowing the other books on this list, head to Brooklyn Public Library's website. Grand Central's Holiday Fair is back for the first time in two years. It's been called the longest-running indoor holiday fair in New York City. There will be dozens of vendors and small businesses. People can buy a variety of items like original artwork, home decor, and clothes. The fair will run from November 14th to Christmas Eve. Singer and actress Selena Gomez won an award for bringing awareness to mental health challenges. A private philanthropic organization honored Gomez with the annual Morton E. Ruderman Award. Its goal is to expand access to mental health programs and services. The founders commended her for helping people get access to counseling and other resources. The entertainer released a documentary earlier this month called Selena Gomez, My Mind and Me. It features Gomez sharing her struggles with bipolar disorder and other obstacles that she faced. Past recipients of the award include NBA All-Star Kevin Love, actor Taraji P. Henson, and Olympian Michael Phelps. Now on to the world of sports with WFUV's Lou Orlando. What's going on in the NFL? We'll start off with New York football. The Jets had the week off, but the Giants were in action. They defeated the Houston Texans 24-16. Saquon Barkley now leads the NFL in rushing yards, and the Giants improved to 7-2, tied for the third-best record in the NFL. Moving over to basketball, the Knicks and Nets both lost last night. The Knicks fell to the Oklahoma City Thunder 145 to 135, while the Nets lost 116 to 103 to a Los Angeles Lakers team that was without LeBron James. In hockey, the Rangers, Islanders, and Devils all played over the weekend. The Rangers defeated the Coyotes 4-1 behind brilliant goaltending from Igor Shosturkin. The Islanders beat the Blue Jackets 4-3 in overtime, and the New Jersey Devils extended their winning streak to nine games with a 4-2 win over the Arizona Coyotes. And Lou, it was a pretty big weekend for Fordham Athletics as well. Absolutely. On Friday, men's basketball took on number 10-ranked Arkansas, losing 74-48. to Fordham football improved to 8-2 with a 45-10 win over Lafayette on Saturday. They'll play their final game of the regular season this Saturday against Colgate. And finally, women's basketball took on number 17, University of Maryland. And despite being ranked more than 50 spots below them, they battled for the entire game, even taking a lead in the third quarter, but fell just short in the end, losing 83-76. to For WFUV Sports, I'm Lou Orlando. And we're not done with Lou just yet. On today's Sports Spotlight, he and WFUV's Thomas Aiello sit down with award-winning author Buzz Bissinger. They talk about his popular book, Friday Night Lights, and his new piece, The Mosquito Bowl. 
So Buzz, I mentioned your new book, but you are also very noted for Friday Night Lights, which has also become a movie, a very acclaimed movie. What was the inspiration behind that? And I also understand that you have become close with uh, Booby Miles, who is perhaps the most visible character from the Friday Night Lights saga. Can you tell me a little bit about why you picked, of all the places, that little school in Odessa, Texas to write about and just what you thought it would become versus what it has uh, turned into in culture? Well, when I decided to do this book, the inspiration was a trip down south uh, with a friend of mine where we went through all these little towns. And um, already then, downtowns were blown apart economically. A lot of storefronts were boarded up. But you would go a few blocks out of town and then you would see the high school football stadium. They were beautiful. A lot of them had built in the 30s during the WPA. Uh, they were well watered. They were painted. And I just said to myself, these aren't just stadiums. These are shrines. This is where people in small towns or at least isolated towns come together on a Friday night to believe in something. And from there, when I decided to do it, all roads very quickly led to Odessa. Odessa Permian at that time was legendary, not just in the state, but around the country is the winningest, most successful high school football team of all time in Texas. And that, that's a big deal. I mean, Texas football is a huge deal. And what sealed the deal for me to go down there was, A, I was able to get access, I got permission, but B, when I saw the stadium, which at that point in 1988, um, had cost $6 million, seated 19,000 people, um, you know, two-story press box. And I said, this is high school? I mean, it was magnificent. It was like a rocket rocket ship that had landed um, on earth. And so I said, all right, let's do it. And so I went there with my family in 1988. It became Friday Night Lights in 1990. That was WFUV's Thomas Aiello and Lou Orlando talking with author Buzz Bissinger. The FUV Sports Spotlight features stories from One on One, New York's longest running call-in sports show. And that's our show for today. I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. And I'm Christina Lulich. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.